morning. This is Richard Shu, host of Shu Untied, and uh, I'm really thrilled this morning to have with me as my guest uh, Dean Felk, who's the managing partner of the San Francisco office of DLA Piper. He's also chair of the Northern California District Export Council and co-founder of the Halifax Security Council. Dean, welcome to the program. Thanks, Richard. So good to be with you. Well, Dean, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. I always learn so much when I talk to you, and I expect this session to be no different. I'm excited about it. It's always great to talk to you, and um, I I love your podcast. Thanks. Well, so, Dean, here's what I want to talk to you today about the topic of remote learning. It's a new series that I'm starting, and my thesis is the following, that, you know, the pandemic virus notwithstanding, remote work is something that's here to stay and will become a greater part of our workforce and our work environment. And that even after the virus is over, we all sort of quote unquote, go back to work, there will be more remote workers. And as a result, remote leadership will become more important than before. And as a result of that, I think the skills required uh, to be an effective remote leader are perhaps different or not, that's what I wanna talk to you about, than than just trying to being able to lead in the traditional sense. And that those skills will also be more sought after because people will be looking for people that specifically have those skills. So let me start by just asking you, you've had a number of different leadership roles. I know you've done leadership positions. Um, what are your thoughts about that as a general matter, first of all? Yeah, I mean, I would say um, there, there's no doubt about it that the world pandemic post-crisis will look different. Uh, than the world that preceded it, and in some of the, you know, and in some cases it will be an acceleration of, you know, uh, change forces that were already in play and that were to a degree catalyzed. Um, so I think we will need some. The dust will settle. Uh, like most things, we will need some, perhaps some historical distant, uh, distance to understand how those forces have changed. Uh, but I absolutely agree with your premise. I mean, uh, we had seen, we'd seen degrees of, you know, r- as you say, remote working and people, um, you know, telemedicine, teleworking, um, ed tech taking, uh, you know, allowing us to study uh, across great distances. And so, you know, we've had from a technological standpoint, we've had the components, the component pieces, if you will, um, to do so much of this already. Uh, but we have this sort of, um, this catalyzing moment, this, this big bang effect, if you will, that's caused us to all by necessity to approach so many aspects of our professional lives through an online, you know, prism. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, remote leadership, I think, will probably be, you know, good remote leadership will be good leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yes, I think absolutely with some, some nuances, with some cultural changes, um, and I, I think it'll be very interesting uh, to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, you may have heard the framework um, that's taught in, you know, so, some sociology classes about, you know, high context, low content societies, 
or high content, low context societies. And so, you know, it's sometimes, and this is a very crude, broad brush, but it's sometimes said that, you know, here in the West, right, we in a sense are lower context, higher content, right? So it means that when you go, you know, when you have a face-to-face business meeting, um, what you say, the substance of what you're communicating uh, is more important perhaps in, in, in our culture um, uh, than the nuances around how it's said and the body language and all of the deep, deep kind of three-dimensional sense of what's going on in the interpersonal communication, right? Mm. Um, and and that, that is different than certain other societies. Uh, I think it's interesting to, to apply that to telework because a telework means that we're not meeting people right. in person right. um, to the same degree. And so what we're saying, I think, is that content will matter even more because by, um, by definition, you will have less context, mm-hmm. right? You can't to the same degree pick up on subtle clues about what is you know, how people are responding mm-hmm. to an idea, you know, and, and that kind of thing. But the counter, I, I would say that the countervailing view might be actually um, those that have the ability to really convey and understand greater context, right? Notwithstanding, notwithstanding the fact that we have, we are confined to these very narrow channels, right? Through zoom and Skype and, you know, FaceTime and you know, all the, all the tools that we have, that those that are able to leverage those as leaders mm-hmm. will actually be the, the best leaders mm-hmm. because after all leadership is as as you and I have discussed in the past, leadership is is at least as much of an emotional exercise as it is an analytical exercise. Well, let me unpack. There's a lot there, Dean. Of course, as always with you, um, this dichotomy between context and content, which I do like, um, since you don't have con- in, in in remote leadership, you cannot rely on context as much as content. Obviously, you have to rely more on content. Right. What do you have to do? I mean, as a leader, then do you, if you lose the context, do you see that as 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 a limiting factor, or you know, what do you need to do to make up for the context since you only have content? Let me maybe just right that. What 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 are your thoughts? Well, good question. I would say first of all, um, good old fashioned the lost art of listening. Listening Mm -hmm. is you know listening. You know, we we use the word listening. Uh, and we think of, uh, you know, it's the connotation might be that it's something that you do passively, right? But good leaders don't just hear and don't just listen. They listen very carefully. They listen mm-hmm. actively and proactively. And so, you know, I think you need to, in any leadership context, listening is critically mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, General, uh, you know, Mattis in his recent memoir was talking about George Washington's principles of leadership about observing, you know, observing and listening mm. before you, before you engage in any kind of action. Mm. Mm. And I think in the telework context in this brave new world, forgive, mm. forgive the term, um, we need to listen better. Mm. Um, and we need to ask more questions 
and we have to pay even greater attention perhaps to detail um, because you can't, those details are important. You know, human interactions are, have a great degree of, you know, as we said, emotionality to them and context as to empathy as to what, you know, whomever your interlocutor is, your team member, uh, your potential customer, whoever you're working with um, has a lot going on. And so we need to understand where they're coming from, what challenges they face, and how, if we want to advance our agenda or the, or the mission of our organization, we have to really understand where people are coming from. It's going to be even harder if this, if in this new environment, as we expect, uh, we're going to have less face-to-face interaction. Let me ask you, what does your gut tell you as far as, I mean, do you think that uh, remote leaders can really be just as effective as leading without being present? Or do you think they're real? It just cannot, there's certain things you just cannot make up for, and there is just going to be this gap or what, what does your intuition say to you about that, about that thesis? Well, I, 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 in some ways, I think there is no substitute for being able to look somebody in the eye. Um, we used to say press the flesh. And I think, you know, some of the, the social norms and customs around actually shaking hands and, and having physical contact. Some of those have certainly uh, evolved and are evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, I think there have always been different lenses, different, uh, you know, granularity lenses of leadership, if you will. And so, you know, um, a kind of retail or small group leadership where you, where you, you know, where you, where you are able to do that uh, personal interaction, that is always most effective. But we've always had leaders, obviously, who, depending on how, where, where you go in the, in the organizational chart, you have leaders, whether in the military or in the government or in the private sector, we have leaders that cannot, you know, by definition, um, they cannot interact personally, you know, on a one-on-one basis or perhaps not even in a small group setting with all of the, you know, all the people that constitute their team. So I guess the point is the same skills for what we might call more of an executive leadership where you, you know, you cannot meet those people in person, those skills maybe will now apply to smaller groups settings in the telework environment, right? And what are some of the, you know, the tenets of that, that form of leadership? And I think you, you have to very clearly uh, convey your intentions, right? The symbolism is very important. Um, the, the way that you frame the mission, uh, the way that you convey your, um, the, your, your goals and your objectives and the clarity around that are critically important right? Because you, you won't have the opportunity uh, necessarily to, you know, to reiterate um, or to fine tune that message at every level, right? So you need, you need absolute clarity. You have to be, you have to be very, very thoughtful about um, the directions that you're giving people. um, And then, and with that, the sense of values, that you are communicating to your team. And this is, will be equally important, I believe, and more important 
perhaps in the telework environment vis-a-vis small groups than it has been in the past. Now, let me, so Dean, you're about the eighth or ninth person I've now interviewed on this topic. And when I started the conversations with my original thesis. But Richard, you know, it took you eight or nine asks to get your prom (laughs) date, as I recall. So I'm just kidding. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I had to to warm up before I could get to Dean Felk. I I, I had to warm up. up. Oh, you're you're kind. Good comeback. (laughs) But but let me let me say, because what happened was I first started this, the first few interviews I had when I first uh, you know, basically uh, talked about my this thesis, this theory I have about work leadership. They totally agreed with me that said, you know, yes, the remote skills and remote leadership are, are really quite different and they articulate some of those differences. And then when I got, then with the last few that I've had, they've sort of said, no, actually, they're just the same thing. You just need to, uh, you know, it's just, it's like, yeah, it's leadership squared. I mean, you just need to do more of it and be better, but they're really the exact same skills. Um, where do you think you come out on that? I mean, do you, do you see, do you think it really, I, I kind of heard you say at the beginning, you think, you know, remote leadership is just good leadership. That's, it's really the same thing. Or do you think it's really quite different? I mean, the core, it, it really depends on the pedagogy and, and what you want to do with it. Right. So the, the fundamental premise of leadership, right. Of being able to communicate and uh, being persuasive, having vision, having a clear sense of where you might want to lead people, um, you know, and, and the values around. I think a lot of that remains the same at all levels of leadership, right? And, and certainly the con- whether the context is in person uh, or, you know, or beamed through a fiber optic cable, uh, but I think the nuances are interesting because they matter. And, and you know, we are going to see teams led, uh, more teams led in an exclusively virtual way. So uh, I, to answer your question, yes, the, 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 the foundational principles remain the same, uh, but the application is somewhat different. And the mm-hmm. toolkit and, and the way that we, you know, the way that we underscore uh, certain aspects of that toolkit are, you know, will be different. Some of it, we again, I would say, you know, we all want to, we want to believe we have some of the answers, but you know, some of this we need to see empirically over time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's good. We're trying to anticipate. We're trying to be thoughtful so that we can be ahead of the curve in terms of the teams that we lead in a competitive environment. Uh, but it will be e- at least equally important for us to, at, you know, to take um, retrospective looks at, you know, six months, a year, five years from now. And that will be, I think, equally telling. Well, let me ask you um, perhaps sort of the next sort of nuanced question about this topic, which is what about the personality it takes to do one or the other? Do you think that the people that are, you know, great at traditional leader may not be so great at remote leading and vice versa. I mean, what are your thoughts about that? You know, um, hard to say. Uh, I think that you do need a real, there is something about remote leading, mm. uh, if that's what we're calling it, um, remote leadership and indeed executive leadership. You know, if you think of, you know, someone who's a C-level executive or, you know, um, 
a general officer in the military or you know whatever the case is at that at a higher echelon there's something about that level of leadership that i think requires um real purposefulness mm. and sort of ap- and real honing of the craft if i can call it that mm. in other words it's less intuitive less intuitive to be a leader um, and to be able to shape the direction of an organization. It's less intuitive to do it at that level mm-hmm. than it may be one-on-one, mm-hmm. okay, or in small group settings. Mm-hmm. One-on-one and in small group settings, uh, if, you, if you listen well, if you work on having empathy, you can, you, can, you can over time, I think, understand the needs of the people you're trying to lead and how to overcome challenges. At the executive level, you have to process information in a different way, and you have to communicate your intention in a different way, and the trajectory, and you know, small calibrations in terms of what your messaging is, and how you communicate the message, and how you execute on a, you know, on a game plan. Um, small calibrations can make big differences. Mm-hmm. Right. So it is, I believe it is, it is those leaders, we can say, you know, there's a fundamental question, you know, are leaders born or are leaders made? I believe that, you know, although there are people that are born with wonderful leadership skills, great leaders at the highest level must hone their craft. It it is not as intuitive. And, and I would posit that that same dynamic will will apply in your paradigm of remote leadership, which is we have to be more intentional about our leadership. It it will be less intuitive and it will be more incumbent upon us as leaders to hone that craft. Now, do you think in some of your leadership roles now, do you feel that um, it's, do you feel like it's, it's difficult to do it because of the remote thing, or it's actually feeding into your strengths and your natural tendencies of communication and that sort of thing? (laughs) You're you're generous. No, I think it's very challenging, Richard. I think it's very challenging. I mean, we, we're also finding ourselves in a historic moment um, and in a moment of crisis, both on the health front and on the economic front, and people have concerns, people have anxieties, we all do, and, and it's quite rational for us to have these concerns and anxieties. And as leaders, uh, we want to stay close to our people, we want to communicate, we, we hope to convey a sense of confidence, uh, but one that is very transparent. Um, and so people, you know, people have confidence that they're, that the organization has direction, that the hands on the wheel and, and, you know, uh, that leadership is focused on, on moving, moving things forward. But at the same time, you know, we can't meet with people in person. We can't look at them in the eyes. We can't, you know, uh, you know, put a hand on a shoulder. We can't do any of that. So I think it's very it's very, very challenging, um, you know, but, um, but as you say, I mean, this is a great, this is part of the reason why I think that your series of podcasts uh, on this topic, your exploration of this topic is so, is so important because it, it's a way to set us up for the opportunities 
that that flow from any any change uh, in you know in our habits uh, and and in our culture. Well, Dean, I always enjoy and get so much out of every conversation I have with you. This certainly was no exception. Um, I hope that uh, we don't have to be talking about this again, but if we do, I would love to invite you back and talk about it some more. I would welcome that. Thank you so much, Richard. Great, great speaking with you. This is Richard Chu and Dean Felt. Thanks.